Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. Today we hang out with Izzy's from Izzy's Barbecue, and he is the king. He actually won first place in the Brisket King competition. He's a restaurant entrepreneur. He opened up three restaurants in under like four years. This guy is the best, and he's it's I many a time have eaten in his restaurants, and my gosh, the food is fantastic. And we talk about growing businesses, brands, what it takes to become number one in this very, very fierce and competitive market. And uh, I got to say, it was also fun and very tasty because throughout the podcast, uh, Izzy was feeding us and hooking up some great samples from the menu. So if you want to see how that all came out, you can check out the video on YouTube. Just a little quick plug. We do record, video record all our podcast episodes. So you can go check that out on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mayor K. And so without further ado, let's uh, tune in, sit back, relax to this tasty and insightful podcast with Izzy Edelman. Barbecues extension. We're sitting in like in the. Listen, I'm glad to be on my first podcast ever. It's exciting. <laughs> my man, good to have you. I know you've done a couple interviews, but the first podcast. Lovely to have you on the Great Day Podcast. So much to talk about. You're such an interesting guy. You've, you've taken some really major moves in the past couple of years in the realm of food and entrepreneurship. Um, but I think to really sum it up, I was just you know doing just a little minimal. Uh, research and like I found the Izzy's barbecue bio and I think it just encompasses exactly like, the personality of what your business smile is all about. I love. It. I'm gonna read it out loud. I don't think I read that probably in years. <laughs> I love I mean, it. It's I like, don't remember it. Yeah, low and slow is the way to go. Put that on a coffee mug. If you're the type of person who orders meat with a side of meat, a person who doesn't know the meaning of the word compromise, a person who cleans his plate without washing it, the type of person who will climb a mountain or traverse a valley for a serving of old style barbecue, well, if that sounds like you, welcome home. Yeah. I had some good people help me with that actually. It was great, but uh, <laughs> you know. You're saying you don't deal with the branding. It's- uh, no, no. It's that, that's sort of, you know, we were sort of trying to relay the vision into Coacher at the time. How are we, how are we gonna introduce uh, 600 square foot restaurant people to come all over the place and uh, you know we want to sort of keeping the wording minimal but still sort of inviting but still introducing a new concept so there's so much um, to play around with really you know in terms of expressing yourself so it was fun and interesting yeah I mean delving so I mean delving into this type of market were you scared and worried about how the like how the you know the kosher market the people will take upon this kind of food I mean it's different it's not around it's not common no, I, um, was I scared? It was very scary. We, we pretty much, you know, was working an average job in um, management before, you know, uh, we were saving money for a house and sort of decided, you know, to do a 360, you know, all the way around as we're not at the 180 really. And, uh, you know, go into something that I've ne- never done before, but the, my, I feel like the, the fire, the passion in me was so strong that I felt like any obstacles that I would have along the way would, would come through. You know, I think in, the, in hindsight, I was probably just an idiot and just, you know, just <laughs> someone going, you know, head straight in, which at times, you know, there's pros for that as well. And uh, I had a passion for something. There was no formula or nothing in, in, you know, that I was able to sort of emulate to sort of try to, you know, do what we were doing. And thank God, I'm blessed, you know, we're almost five years already. Obviously, it wasn't easy to get where I am today. We're still not done. There's still so much to do. And it's been a crazy ride. If I had to go into detail, I could for sure have my own MTV show. There's no question with, you know, someone's going on to the restaurant industry, have no clue what he's doing. 
have, you know, sort of a small amount of success and like you couldn't, you know, you couldn't tell anybody in a business plan, this is how you should do it. So it's been nuts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, I think that the definition of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and figuring out how to, you know, build one as you go down. It's like going to the abyss, no control, just having a passion, having a plan and moving forward into it. Yeah. Did you like have like any type of mentor, mentorship or anybody that you leaned on to get advice, like how to build, you know, this business that you have today? Um, in terms of the business, um, I wouldn't say the business, but in terms of the barbecue co co um, concept, yeah, it's, um, I will say that when it comes to the barbecue community in general versus other food industries, it's totally other animal, different animal. And I say that because in most other uh, food industries, you know, most of the chefs, at least in years ago, were very hush-hush. If a chef had something secretive, they wouldn't really, you know, tell somebody else, you know, competition. Right now, people are more open because everybody wants to learn and grow. So everything's, people are talking about everything really, but in Barbecue is one of those things that if you're retarded enough or crazy enough to smoke a brisket for 18 hours and you know, and you have a 10 minute window to where that brisket is a perfect ratio and then have it sit in a warmer and serve it at the perfect time, you have to be nuts really. So when you find someone else who has that same, you know, same passion really, you sort of wanna, you wanna talk and you wanna hang out. It's almost like your best friends without even knowing like they brotherhood. have. Exactly, and you know, for me it was Ari White in the beginning, who's also known as the Wandering Q. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Uh, Cutters Barbecue, he was my intro, he was like, I went to street food. We heard there's um kosher bar barbecue happening that never existed at the time, really on a real level. We smelled, we stood online there, my wife and I, for hours, and probably like 150 bucks, 200 bucks for the food, and that's the story how my whole you know to the food industry started. I felt that day I fell in love with wood fired cooking. We're good, awesome friends till now. Wow. I've also went around to other um, non kosher places, just you know peeking around, speaking to people, and people have been very helpful. Wow, so you really just sat down for dinner, just a normal regular day, just on the street. And, and on the street, just some street food, and that changed your life. Uh, 100%. Changed your life. Yeah. That's an, that's, an, that's an amazing thing to like jump into. And what were you doing before? Was there anything to do I, I was working for a building supplies company, nice people, but I was bored out of my mind. No, no real growth. I went to Yeshiva, really. We didn't really have any secular education. Were you messing around in the kitchens? Like no, in school? Did no, you like spend time with never. your mom on Shabbos? No, so, so my mom was always into you know making great food, you know, mainly through her baking, but. She always cooked. She always, you uh, know, even though we didn't have, have too much money growing up, but she always, you know, steaks, you know, everything was, you know, over always eating good. My friends always came over for us to eat. But in terms of me actually cooking, you know, I was more focused on sports and other stuff. Cooking wasn't my thing. Then I found this, you know, this passion of wood-fired cooking and that sort of, you know, encompassed me pretty much. Wow. I mean, so what, what does like a process of, I mean, not just, not even like a compass. I mean, you're just, you, you really delved into it over the past five years since you started. You've not opened just one or two, but three restaurants all within a like five block radius yeah is yeah. there a reason why you've been focusing on in, in all in current heights brooklyn new york is there a reason why all the all current heights um, so the easy answer is, is that it's always nice to come home and see my kids you know that uh, that time that people go home to travel um you know i'm able literally three minutes from home and even though you know i'm working 75 to 80 hour weeks and you know i don't i, I don't have that five o'clock home life i don't think any entrepreneur really has that it's a myth you know people think that you work a nine to five job uh, and you come and see, it doesn't work like that. People who hustle and people entrepreneurs, they're working. Gotta grind. You, know, they're, they're, you gotta grind, it's always yeah. a grind. You know, obviously with the restaurant, it's a little harder. It's a, you know, the food industry, very, very tough. But being that I'm close to home is for sure, you know, definitely helps. But also I think the next fact is, is that I definitely think is that hip and happening place that it that it's, you know, people are open to trying. People always say like, like I don't wanna knock Flappers or any other places, but like, oh, I'm going to Flappers to try this new place, I'm so excited. And I call, oh, going to Chronic, this place, I don't know what's going on. There's music, there's, you know, there's, whether it's Allen, B, Basil, I don't know, Booth, all the restaurants, just, it's a very, you know, cool restaurant scene. I would say there's a probably, you know, um, 
the diversity in the food over here is pretty it's pretty surreal as well as you know yeah. what people are offering it's definitely i would say one of the most popular like kosher food destinations not just in, in the states but in the world i mean it's really top notch these days in the yeah. variety of food but it's interesting because you pumped in i mean you can correct me but like hundreds like tens of thousands of dollars into what is it 600 foot square space like and, hundreds of thousands yeah, tens of thousands, ten, be nice. hundreds of thousands of dollars into a square in a, in a, in a, in a 600 square space I mean, not much seating. It's not fast food. It's sort of fast food, but it's priced like, you know, pretty gourmet. I mean, so like stepping into this whole like, um, how do you make sense of that? How do you get investors on board? There's so many factors that go into this. The first thing is I would never advise anybody to do what I did. (laughs) I I can't take any model of business that I ever did compared to that, whether it's the taqueria or the fried chicken. Um, Also, it's funny how you say fast food. You know, people are not willing to pay necessarily fast food prices, but the reality is, it's the most time-consuming food. You're spending 24 hours on a single piece of meat. Which other cuisine has that, really? You know, you're managing the fires, and even once it's done out, now you have to hold it for hours, and then when the customer eats it, you're not carving it right in your backyard when it's done. You have to hold it. So, the- theoretically, that should be the most expensive food. But even in the non commercial people don't assume barbecue with expensive food. It was more sort of like, an, in a way, almost like, you know, a worker's food, middle-class slave food, in a way, is where the, you know, the rich owner would sort of take the cattle, take the price cuts, whether it was the ribeyes, or the tender cuts and all the briskets and the chuck and the and the shore ribs which cuts that if you tried grilling would be so tough they threw them away to the the, the slaves or the poor people and, and th- those people realized that after cooking you know this underground or you know it depends what, what region you're from after cooking it low and slow for hours and hours it became this you know tender you know piece of meat that you just can't explain or, or describe really yeah. um so it's a it's a labor of love and it's just so time consuming so I, it's not called fast but i would say it's the it's the you know the you know epic of, of the highest end food there is really Wow, I mean, and, and is, was it surprising to you that like how well it took to the community? I mean, and I mean, how many com- customers are you getting a day? I, I don't know. I know that in a span of years, we probably went through so many uh, steer, you know, cows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's it, you can never like you can never put on paper the amount of people coming to a six hundred square foot store. Um, um, it's crazy. We're blessed. Um, you know, and hopefully, we're going to continue doing what we do. And I, I can't even, I can't really explain it. I, you know, obviously I work hard, other people work hard and, and you know, are, you know, are broke and homeless. So, you know, we're ve- de- definitely, I can't say it's anything that I've done, you know, personally, and that's the reason why. But I think as a team, we put in, you know, hard work. I definitely couldn't do it without my family and my mom, my, my dad, they all work all for right, me. Not, okay, not getting the Academy Award right now, but no, uh, it's, oh, it's beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, this, big business, it's, this business, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to do without family, people you trust, you know. My right. uncle's my partner. It's very hard to tell people. Your uncle's your partner? He's my partner in here. Um, very hard to do without a you know good support around me because because like I said I'm, I'm also sort of trying to break the restaurant mold of what it was back then like you know back then used to be the person that's the owner to be cleaning sweeping the floor um, and that's only way the restaurant you know is able, able to be sustainable and that's the only way it is you know you know it's not like the same when the owner's not here um, it, it could be the right every restaurant you know if I'm here all day no question the restaurant could be a little bit better with every place you open a piece of that restaurant go you know goes away but at the same time you know you still want to have a healthy lifestyle you know what happens to all these people they they you know they work and they grind and they get burnt out you just get tired right. so i think it's it's more important you know to instill good hobbies have good people around you that you're able to sort of you know do it in a, in a healthy way in the beginning i was putting in 90 hour weeks in the beginning it's insane just because you have to stay up and watch the meat and- yeah it was anxiety and we didn't know what we we're doing how many people were serving what are we preparing you know the brisket wasn't like the brisket you know people tell me oh the brisket wasn't as good as it was back then, I'm like I'm laughing in my head. Brisket back then it was was horrible compared to if, if these two places were to open right today, 
and one would go to the other one, one would go to the other store and they would try both brisket They're like well, it's not even close mm. um and uh yeah it's, it's, but earlier it's, on when you were start, just starting off like did you um like you were just doing it in your own home like did you have a smoker did yeah you, yeah so actually the first you... my first intro to smoking at home is well yeah. there's two stories the first intro was on a, a ga- gas grill i bought a brisket in the supermarket a lean brisket i tried to cook it for four hours it was dry it was chewy it was awful then i decided you know i'm using a lean cut of meat i need a smoker not a gas grill i need to cook it for longer so I, I bought a smoker, but I lived in, lived in an apartment at the time. My parents have a little small backyard in uh, Borough Park. I actually put the smoker there and the first night. I put in two, two big, big briskets. I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping at my parents. My wife's kids are at my, my, my apartment. And I'm sleeping in my underwear. I'm like looking every second, checking the smoker. So, suddenly I hear three fire trucks at three in the morning no. coming in. They're, they come out of the fire trucks and they're smelling and they're looking. They're looking and I walk out of the front door. I'm like, guys, they're looking back here. And they come back to the backyard. Like, Check one, two, guys smoking a brisket. You know, <laughs> it was so uncommon. And they're asking, is it ready yet? At least I was like, no, because I, I would offer them. Right. But sort of that, that was my first intro to smoking in, uh, you know, in, here in Brooklyn, really. And wow. over then, I bought a second smoker and I bought a bigger smoker, which I hated. Which was like, why like, is that? It, just the, the, the dynamics and the science of how the, you know, the smoker was cooking. Like, smoking is a science, like anything. It's not just you put it and you let it sit. You know, there's airflow, there's, you know, your embers, which is your fuel, and you have your wood for flavor. You have, you know, the, you know, ear, ear travels in a certain way. You want to, the meat has to break down and, you know, the, the inside the meat there is this fat. That fat is tough. But if you break it down, you know, in the correct way, if it cooks in the correct way, it'll start break down. It'll be really soft. So many variables that go in and it's yeah. like a science like anything. Wow. So, I mean, all these, like, you, the way you talk about it, you, you tell the passion that's oozing out of you. It's insane. But, like, all this, all these, all this information, it, it was just through experience or did you, like, go on YouTube and, like. I went to YouTube. I actually, like, we, we were actually, um, like, blessed. There's a place called, um. Franklin's, um, it's in Austin, Texas. They're they're known to have the best. They're the best barbecue. When people know Smokehouse, it's it's Franklin's in Austin. They're open up three or four days a week. Uh, the line starts there on a Saturday at five in the morning. People what? camp out for four to six hours for his food. Oh my and gosh! He's the, he's the most like nicest guy. His name is Aaron Franklin, the nicest, sweetest guy. This is kosher food? No, not kosher. That's not, no, not no, kosher. no. He was like sort of like one of the, he was one of the YouTube. He was one of the first in that like real YouTube videos, and. After we actually competed in brisket king new york city 2016 and 17 we came in 2017 you won 17 we won so you beat this guy franklin oh no he no he was a judge he's from austin ah, he was okay. new york. he's a judge he was okay. one of the judges and and this other guy whose name is daniel vaughn on instagram he's known as the barbecue snob he's like the only paid barbecue critic in the world so i became friendly with him over time you know this is what we're doing he came to my place um he was one of the judges as well and he had the idea listen i know that you know you're trying to you know, you talk about Texas barbecue, Central Texas barbecue is what we emulate, which is, you know, which is the brisket speak for itself, salt, salt and pepper, sauce on the side, you know, there's the debates and regions, yeah. cuts. So I think it would be really cool if you had the opportunity to sort of, you know, sort of, you know, not your dream, but to come down to Austin and cook Aaron and see what, you know, what that, this, you know, that, that what you're dreaming of is non-kosher food is. So we set it up in this way that, that Ari White and I from the Wandering Q went down to Austin, Texas. Um, the trip was almost, Canceled. He had a fire in a smokehouse. All his restaurant burned down. No, and, and oh, for Franklin, oh my gosh, the whole like wow. world is going crazy. So, and we thought it's canceled. Like the guy was, the guy was such a mensch. He told us to come down anyway. Anyways, he's releasing a new line of smokers. So we, I brought down the meat from New York. He had a brand new smoker. We cooked for a couple of days. Hung mm-hmm. out. It was just it was wasn't only the food. It was being in Austin, Texas. You know the the environment. This is the, the, this is the, the, the people. It was just an amazing experience. So we, I got to try his brisket, obviously, in a whole in a different format right but still like like not too many people will get to say that they've, they've cooked with Aaron Franklin you know which is even even in non-kosher let alone kosher which is uh, surreal so what do you attest all this I mean because I know in 2017 you won 
Yeah, I mean, which is also pretty ironic because he brought home the golden calf. Yeah, golden so calf. So that's and, the, and then this, <laughs> which is you know even, very even interesting. Even funnier this year, we competed in um, uh, rib king uh, New, New York City. We also won. Everyone else was doing pork ribs. We did a uh, beef rib, and the uh, trophy was a, a poor pork rib. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is funny. Um, that's insane. That's I, I think if I had to attest, you know, or to what it is, I think it's like my ADD, OC, you know, attention detail, you know, willing to go to the next step. In terms of you know trying to achieve, listen, okay, how can we do better? What are we doing differently? What can we, you know, what are we going to spray the meat? With? How, how can we adjust the seasoning? What do we adjust the fire? There's so many fa- factors. One of your, we were having a chit chat before the podcast started with one of your workers, and he's with you for the past four years, and he actually mentioned like you know, you know, problem comes up, you know, is he loses it for a few minutes, but the fact is he'll come back and we'll have three solutions. So I'll give you back, and you're just your your problem solver, which I think is a a really big deal when it comes to leadership and I don't know what it is I don't I, I don't think it's a pro- problem solver I think it's more that you don't have a choice all right fine but I mean I think it's fight or flight you're you know you're fight or flight you hear just like all right just throw your hands up in the air you yeah. tackle it head on yeah, this is a, uh, a really funny uh, a true not funny very sad story my first pop-up was at CAY Paris Office Row yeah that, that was our first real pop-up before open and we weren't ready we didn't know what we we're doing it was cold it was windy it was the food was okay I'm literally in my car about to cry and bug out. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But then at that same Shabbos, there was the story of uh, the family that left the Blechan and the whole yeah. family. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, hold on a second. You know, these people have like real problems in the world. Actual people are dying. It's only, it's, you know, it's only food. You know, just man, man, man up, go and what's the worst that could happen? You know, be nice, be courteous about it. And, uh, and we figured out, listen, it was tough. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't perfect, but we, we survived and we're here today really, so. Definitely. What are, what are some of the challenges that you face through the process of, of your growth um, in business that has helped you? Like, you know, they were tough in that, t- in, in that time, but like it, it helped you propel you to like be ready for the future. Yeah, no. So I, I think really the unknown in the beginning was like we weren't sure what we're doing. You know, what our business concept in the beginning was open a place for the community or some people will come. Maybe I'll make a living. Maybe I won't. I'll give it a try to, you know, you're running. You know, you're serving a ton of people that this restaurant is not meant to serve this many people. What do you do? How do you factor that? Um, you know, you know, we're also dealing with employees in the rest, you know, in the restaurant industry, the employees are very volatile in a sense is that, um, you know, it's very hard work you're on your feet all day. It pays not great. People think restaurants and people think I'm rich. I'm, you know, I'm working hard, man, working my, my whatever off. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not for somebody who thinks they're going to get rich, you know? So, you know, your employees are not making a lot of money. That means they're working hard. You know, people don't want to work so hard. You know, you're turning over employees. You're also dealing with a certain clientele at times, which is, you know, some people that people are very nice. Yeah. Some people are hard to deal with as Let's well. Let's be honest. We could, we could, we could, we could sum up this by a joke, but you know, where a waiter comes over to a table full of, you know, Jewish mothers and he's asked them, is anything okay? Yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's not, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's per actually, case person, but it's, actually it's a, not easy. It's actually a documentary called online. It's called Ziggy's Deli. And it sort of goes into the history. There used to be thousands of delis around the U.S. Right. On Manhattan, there was like thousands of delis. Sure, they're all gone. Right. Then, and the, the way he sums it up is that this person, this, the old, old grandmother comes into the store. She's like, okay, I want the beef, but I want the, I don't want the one from the front. I want the fresh ones in the back. Because, <laughs> but I want the salmon, but I want from the middle one. I want it without the bones. The like, waiter comes over, chicken soup is too salty. Have you tried it? No. And you know, that's, you know, he goes into it. Um, like, listen, that's not a big thing. That's just part, part of it. You know, also, yeah. you know, we're dealing with, like, we were the first ones. Like, we were, I would say, uh, Ari White and I were the, the people who, before us, you know, brisket was a cheap cut of meat. You know, no one wanted brisket. Or even, even short ribs was also an easier cut to get. Flanking. Mm. Now that's the hottest cuts of meat. So you have to deal with the holidays and the supermarkets. Get to pick which meats they want first. You're secondary. So you're sort of 
you know, having to figure out in the non-kosher world, you have pork ribs, you have other items that you pulled pork that you could do. Mm. What are you going to do in kosher, you know, to sort of supplement the fact that, you, that you're getting, you know, you know, not reliable quantities of meat. You're dealing with vendors. They're doing you, um, you have to know how to play with your vendors, you know, because, uh, you know, they're sort of, even though you're paying them within two weeks, they're, they're doing you a favor. And then you have to carry a whole bunch of vendors because in case when he's out, you still have to have a relationship with him. Mm. And then you have to have a lot of capital as well in the way because you have to be able to store 20, you know, flock and flock is expensive. I can't have whatever I need for the week. I need to have whatever I need for the month. So it's wow. constantly like evolving, changing. And, uh, you know, it, it's that is- smokers. I remember the first event, did, or event we did in Deal, New Jersey. My smoker broke the night before. I have to be in Deal in four hours. I don't have uh, yet, yet the briskets already yet. Oh. I'm like, pout. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, figure it out. I took a fan from next door, blew it in the fire shaft. Just started, oh, don't even ask. It's. But I must ask, what oh, did you do? Oh, That's sound, I'm getting anxiety just thinking about yeah, that. We actually survived, survived the event and uh, and went well. And, and then there's some events which we bombed. We got stuck in traffic because in the beginning when I, like I said, I had no food experience whatsoever. I try to cook everything, you know, you know, to the last second and bring it over and make sure it's fresh as possible. The reality is when you're doing big quantity cooking, that's not how it works. You know, right. it, you know whatever's supposed to go wrong, goes wrong on that day you have a flat tire the smoker broke this guy came this guy came late you forgot it just it's a not it's a ne- never ending anxiety mm-hmm. at, 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 at some point it, it just it's crazy there's constant challenges you know you're also closed on friday and saturday most of the year you know that's where right. probably most of the revenue non-kosher restaurants happen so there is no like obviously there's a at times where you feel like you're in control hey it's like hey i got this and then you realize oh here it goes again you know right but back, i feel like reality. i feel like the jewish community makes it up because maybe friday saturday in the non-jewish world that's where the most business comes from but like, i think as the jewish people we like to eat every single day and eat out all the time so like it may balance it out or i don't know you, you, there's, there's a listen i the reason why most restaurants close down and the reason why i say that it's it's not because the food wasn't good the restaurant's the hardest business. It's like, I would sure. never, people think, because technically you have some money, you could open up a restaurant, but I would never take my money and put it in tech. Because I don't know anything about tech, tech industry. I don't know. It's the same thing. Just because you know how to cook something at home, you still have to have the structure of a business and your margins. And I didn't know that. I really happened to get lucky in the beginning. I was able to go into a concept that no one really had, really, and I sort of to learn through that how to do it. Even till today, I'm still learning, you know, mm-hmm. still learning every day. It's like the same thing. Just because you open up a restaurant doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Just because you sure. make one good dish at home doesn't mean anything. Just because your mother made a good matzo ball soup, you didn't find like it's like more than anything with a restaurant. The big, the biggest contributing factor to success is being consistent. That's the number one thing, mm-hmm. and, and uh, that's really the hardest thing: being consistent, knowing your margins, and that stuff. I struggle with, you know, still today. You know, the inside me wants to be an innovative person. You know, the entrepreneur, grow, grow, grow. But then you have the reality check. Wait, you can't do this. You know, you don't have money. You have to, you know, think before you do this. You can't just hire employees at will. There's just so many factors, and food is like, is like, it's like no, no other business, just harder. Yeah. So how do you? So I mean, with with this type of fire within you, how do you? Um, what do you see? You're gonna bring Izzy's next. Like, I, I see you have been growing not just in size, three restaurants, but also like in styles. Do you plan on like creating different other style restaurants or are these going to be the three, you know, focus and then just multi- multiply I, with that? You know, I probably had a other answer a week ago. I had probably another answer half a year ago. You know, in my mind, the goal was, you know, and, and I'm probably, you know, at this point, I think I'm taking a break a little bit. You know, we, we had plans for a new place you know, obviously. A fourth place? No, we were supposed to open up a bigger smokehouse, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, right. I make plans. Hashem, Hashem, he laughs. So, you know, we're still working on that. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, I'm probably gonna take a little, little bit of a break, obviously now. But but for me, the goal was always, you know, to, you know, uh, you know, when we go out to eat now, there there are, there are places to go out to eat, but there aren't a lot lot of places that really interest me in where I want to go eat. There are, there are there are no question, but there are then the places that I'm like I'm not interested in eating the same food that I've been eating my whole life, 
and and for me the goal was really is to sort of you know do foods that is a sort of new in concept new to kosher um that's but as far as like anything right now right now i'm just trying to you know it's it's with three restaurants especially even though they're so close in proximity it still needs a lot of you know babying we turn over chefs so you hire new people it just there's constant like anytime you think you have it under control like you could have the best you know business plan on paper and it sounds smart and everybody will tell you that it's oh, it sounds good but the reality yeah. is as soon as you fail, they're like, oh, I knew he was going to fail the whole time. When he succeed, I knew he was going to succeed. Right. And that's really what it is. Like, like you said, you're going into the lot lines then, and you're figuring it out. Yo, you, sh- you should have Joe Rogan put you in this podcast. Sorry, he should be on, on your um, podcast. Who, Joe Rogan? Yeah. For sure. For sure, for sure. His people, my people are going to have lunch over the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Cool. If, yeah. you, if, if you're not busy enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. You know, I'm sure we can craft some time out for good old Joe. Yeah. Are you, do you, what podcast do you listen to? I, I listen to more like parts and clips because I'm, I'm a fan of the U- UFC. Yeah. I like oh, yeah? combat sports. So like when he talks about fighters and stuff. Uh, you like, listen to more of the fighters? Nice. Well, I, I, I don't, like I said, I listen to clips and bits about something or a fight I saw. Was Are you this audio or visual guy? Visual. No, I'm saying you watch the clips on YouTube or yeah, do you YouTube, listen to YouTube, it on, visual. on YouTube? You, okay. I'm not in a car lot. I'm not sitting doing nothing. It's very hard. Right. Right, that's true. Yeah. No, it's funny because some people like audio, so that's why I do the video as well. Go people out there who wanna, they, yeah, they like to actually see. I, if okay. I was sitting in the car for a while, all I would all watch them play, yeah? yeah. All right, great, rolling great. Um, were the people along your journey that did not believe in you who said, "Yo, you're crazy, don't do this, Just stick, stay, stay in the safe spot, you have a job, you got a wife and kids, what are you gonna do right now?" Yeah, I think uh, I think the. The biggest one was my friend Ari White from The Wandering Q. I sort of started working for him as a hobby just to learn. He was His advice the whole time was, you're crazy, you're nuts, you're not going to see your family. You know, you're probably going to fail as well at some point. And, you know, and, and it wasn't like in a bad way. It's more sort of, you know, most people are saying it like in a bad way. Oh, you're going to fail. He was actually, you know, saying it from a, a genuine place as well, even like family. So my wife, my wife was supportive, but she wasn't. I, I would, If I was my wife, I would have let him either. What do you want to go up into business and take? You don't know nothing. What are you doing? So there were people who were, who were saying like, what the hell are you doing? But the reality is, like I said, I wasn't content with where I was. I think maybe, I think the fact that I wasn't content is, uh, you know, contributed factors to where I am today. Like I was happy with my job. I wouldn't look for anything it's because I was so, I guess I'm happier or just like not, not growth real. I was like, you know, I need to do something. And the fact I found my niche, this is what I could do. This is how I could, you know, mm-hmm. change my life and, 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 and for the better. And I was like, I'll figure it out. Well, wow. So that's, I mean, that's, that's really amazing. So, I mean, when you, you have, I know you already mentioned if someone says, hey, should I go into this, you know, restaurant business or more particularly this smoked, you know, barbecue business, you would say, don't do it. Well, what I, would you say through your experience? Like, you know what? I was told not to, but yo, go for it. So obviously, like I said, if, if it was my kids, I would advise them never to go into the business. That's, it's not just, it's, it's, yeah. Um, but I, I would say is that obviously if you're going to do it, you know, you can obviously you have to go ahead and, but you, you do have to have some sort of plan, like uh, as far as to what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. You got to have that some sort of business plan. I had that very little and I got very lucky. And like I said, I can never, you know, emulate anything I did comparable to the smokehouse. But the reality is if you feel something strongly about something and you have passion. So there's a few factors. There's, there is one factor that if you have a good business, business plan, you could make money. But then there's the other part that if you are passionate and, and strong, willing and, you know, to uh, not committed to fail, you know, that you could also succeed as well, you know. So, you know, when, when, when you combine th- those two factors of, you know, being smart about it and being very passionate, um, you could, you know, you have a higher chance of succeeding really what it is. But like I said, if I'm going to go and I could have a passion about something that I don't know anything about, I'm going to fail. Right. Really. It sounds interesting because like with your background, you went to like, you know, yeshiva and there was no 
English studies, secular studies. I know it's a lot of conversations with a lot of my friends and growing up like, oh, we felt deprived of our education. Like we didn't study, we didn't know how to go into business. Um, but would you say you're, I don't know if you ever held that opinion, A, growing up, but would you say that's sort of false? Because like, look at me now, look at you now. Like you, you're running a business, you, you know, you a very somewhat successful business. Um, and um, so what kind of message would you say to like, you know, maybe kids who are listening who are like say going through the system or do you think it is valid to have that type of argument um, and also on top of that, ooh, I'm gonna sandwich a lot of it. Um, what would you credit? What credit would you give to your upbringing, um, if any, to to where you find yourself today doing what you love? Um, yeah. So as far as if I thought that um, that I went to Garrett actually, which is super religious, and Garrett I only came to Lubavitch when I was like in seventh grade. My mom is Lubavitch, my father is not. Mm. But like we, we always grew up around Cronites. We actually live in Borough Park. Actually, we don't live in Cronites, so. I went to extremely religious school where I felt out of place and it wasn't that my parents sent me to a bad school. That's all they, that's all they do. They came from Israel where they're going to send their kids to. It's cheap. It's right next to the house. Um, so a few factors. I, I, I will say, I guess the fact that, you know, uh, I was so like hated and miserable in school. And I was trying to jump around and it wasn't for me. Sitting down in a class just wasn't for me. I wasn't a studious person. You know, it was yeah. not for me. It the school that it catered to me. You know, you know with, with that said, at the same time, I am where I am today probably because of it. You know, or could I say if I was better, you know, if that was, you know, treated in a better way or better school, I could have been, I don't know, everything worked out. You know, I have kids, family, wife, everything worked out. So what am I going to complain about? But the reality is if someone told me that I have to go through those years of school again to get where I am today, I don't know if I could do it either. So <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a very interesting question. And as far as people who are, you know, you know, today in a similar situation, I definitely feel like today there are more options, you know, um, like I said, don't, don't be content, you know. Okay, before we delve into this, right now I'm looking right in front of me. Uh, we got some brisket and some ribs. No, so we got uh, brisket, and here we have burnt ends actually. So this wow. is a Central Texas barbecue. This is actually Kansas City. Mm. So what, what happened once upon a time? This here, I'm not gonna touch my hands, but this this is called the second cut brisket. And that's the flat. You see how within the you can on video, you see how within here there's the, there's some. Gelatinous fat, almost. Yeah. So this is once upon a time was considered the trash. People used to cut that off and throw it, throw it out. People only want the lean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Cut nice. that out, and they would cut out the the fatty and throw out the fatty and only eat the lean part. People got smarter. They realized, hold on, this is like the best part of the brisket. But in Kansas City, what happened is they would take this part, usually cut it up, resauce it, and put it back in the smoker, and that was called actually burnt ends, really. So being that we had to, you know, we didn't have like pork ribs or other items to do, we sort of, you know. Started to play play around really. I see what you mean. You, you really take it literally, like meat with a side of meat. I mean, there's not much size going on. We got some pickles. It's nice. Some you know, so we got some cabbage. It's the city to cut up the richness. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's really what it, it is. It looks pretty. It looks pretty, but I mean, I guess people are coming here just for the meat. You know, they're, yeah, coming, they're coming here, you know, just to get down and to get there. <laughs> absolutely. Do you think you're gonna have uh, serve vegan options to open up a vegan restaurant at one point? No. No chance. <laughs> not at all. Not even like putting like the Impossible Burger or something like I, a vegetarian. I zero interest. Like I think with any restaurant I do, it has to be something like I'm excited about eating, like the taqueria. I eat it all the time. You know, the fried chicken. I try not to. I end up eating it every day. Yeah. I'm there now a lot. You know. But let's be honest about the taqueria for a second. It's slow. It's slow, right? Isn't it slower than the other restaurants? And I well, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the word is slow. Well, obviously, like I said, introducing a, a brand new concept as far as authentic, authentic Central American cuisine into kosher. Like I said, the piles of meat will always speak to people, but like a fresh tortilla or a spicy salsa, you know, you know, cut up meat, you know, on a smaller portion, you know, most people, you know, they don't understand that they want to go to a deli, they want big sandwiches, mm -hmm. really. So that's what the nak nak cuisine is. But the reality is, I look at it almost like it's an addition to the smokehouse, really. 
You know, uh-huh. we're sort of, uh, in the reality is we couldn't combine the space. So we figured that we sort of add a sort of a new element to the, uh, to the menu. And, and that's really what it does, really. You know, it helps us cooking-wise. It helps us, you know, cook, do more commercial cooking there. Okay. You know, we do have a lot, a lot of cool items there. And people who come to really enjoy it. Um, yeah. That's amazing, right. And with the fried cooking, um, with the fried chicken spot, which, you, uh, which I recently went to, which was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed the, uh, that experience as well. The, uh, but you, you hit some bumps over there, right? I mean, also, I think with opening up your first barbecue, but with getting just the amount, just paperwork, government, getting the right licenses, and then there was the issue with the... Um, with the gas. Yeah, I always I always joke around. I say that I don't think I'm gonna want to open up a restaurant in New York City ever again, because just the emotional and emotional stress they have to deal with just to open it before you even operate business. Not enough that you invest. You're investing or hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into a restaurant. Okay, I'm investing it now. Let me open. It's like until you open, you know, dealing with the, the you know the DOB, dealing with the Department of Health, you know, dealing with all these factors, you know, construction, stop orders, landlords. It's like before you even open, you're already like miserable, and then the light at the end of the tunnel is opening up a restaurant, and then right. dealing with all the you know the crap then. Mm. So it's 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 so stressful. Right. Well, I mean, this this food is right now sitting in front of us. So I mean, want to dig in for a second? You could. After you. All right, all right. Let's do it. Oh man, what would you say? Go first, Brent. I would go with first with the brisket. Go you want to do something? I would start with the part on top first. All right. Um. Yeah. See how it cuts. Oh, it just cuts right yeah, off. Yeah, it people, comes right yeah, off. Yeah, people the, ask me when oh, they first insane. when we first opened up. People was always asking me like, "Oh, why don't you? You know, you're serving us ribs and brisket. Why don't you serve it with them with a metal fork and knife?" I'm like, I said, try try eating it. If you need a fork and knife, metal fork and knife, you let me know after. He's like, "You know, you're right." You're you can, right. It literally just falls off. Just the pieces just are so watery. Yeah. So and that again, that what kind of what could you give to that? I mean, it's known the dinosaur ribs. Everything comes off so beautifully, so juicy, so full of flavor, and so soft. What's what's the secret behind that? Love, I think. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, really. It's a little as you love right there. That's um, that's amazing. Yeah, let me try these burnt ends here. So the ends of what exactly? This is oh, a, the brisket here. So you see how this part has the seam in the middle? Yeah. So we we would be um cutting off that part, cubing it up, resaucing it, put it back in a soaker, so it's still like tender and moist inside to an extent, but it's nice, um, crispy, saucy, a little more heavy on the smoke more as well. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Here you go. Grab some. I'm good for now. Maybe yeah. uh, you know the the actors who are filming here. You know? The uh, the crew. The crew. <laughs> yeah. We'll get we'll get them some tutorials or something. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll keep this for the. Yeah. Wow. Yum. Mm. I'll try the burnt time. You know, yeah, go for Do you um do you get high off your own supply? Do you like eat out here all the time? Eating a lot of meat. Yo, tell the wifey, I'll, I'll you know, I'll get, grab dinner at the restaurant. Usually it's the wifey, could you bring home food from the, one of your restaurants? <laughs> Got it. There you go. Nice, nice. I wouldn't say I, I'm never actually sitting down to eat like a full meal like this, but I'll grab a sandwich. I'll grab like the, the tacos. I like eating a lot. I'll put some brisket in a sandwich here and there. Um, yeah. Touch and go. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to eat other places too. When do, when are we going to have a, an Izzy's barbecue cooking cookbook? No idea. Is that something that uh, maybe in the horizon? Listen, everyone always has thoughts in their head on the racing, you know, but what's reality, what's fiction, you know, is still yet to be decided. Aha, very good. That's really. What are there any new exciting um, uh, foods that you're going to be bringing to the menus anytime soon? Well, for sure, at the fried chicken place, we're going to be expanding the menu there as well. You know, we're sort of getting our feet wet now. We're still we're getting full liquor there too. So we're hoping, you know, to create like a really cool, I don't know if you were there that night when you are there, but it's like a really cool vibe, very jazz cool. music, yeah. blues. Um, we're hoping to, you know, elevate that with, with the alcohol, make it more of a fun experience. I think with the, with the 
Taqueria as well. We're going to be adding a, you know, a ton of new items to sort of, you know, spice it up a bit. Literally. And, well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A little spice it up. And we actually, when we first opened, we had like, we had actual, you know, girls from, you know, from Mexico, from, you know, were making real like salsas and they still have that, but we had to like tell authentic, them. Authentic, authentic salsas. We had to calm down. Like, I love that. I, I love spice. Yeah. And I, lo I love to cook what I like to eat, but the, the reality is we have to tone down everything, but people are like just dying. Yes. Yeah. Um, Come on. We got a lot of Ashkenazi Jews yeah, out there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. this is, uh, and, and eventually here, you know, we're here a little bit, you know, we're sort of limited with what we're able to do here. Yeah. You know, I think the focus is just, you know, trying to do what we do and do it, you know, better. Um, well, it's pretty amazing how like not just the, the kind of food that you have, but it attracts a so many people who are Jewish and not from yeah. around the five boroughs in the world. They they come to here to yo, I gotta come to Karnas. I mean, I host my meetings now in Karnas for the sake of like yo, I wanna go to Izzy's. You know, I'm like great. Yeah. I see myself on a ride to the to the city. To uh, yeah, the stories that I hear is like crazy. Someone actually just messaged me this week that he was in uh, Washington for a meeting, and he said he's from Karnas, and the woman goes and I goes, oh Karnas, oh, I I went to Izzy's over there. It was delicious. Wow, and then and people in Israel, it people come from the airport, you know, they come straight here to eat. It's like, it's it's crazy, and it wasn't even like I didn't even like. I think part of the, the the success of that is that I weren't even trying to do that. It just it just happened to happen. Happened. So how how are you handling this newfound celebrityism? Like you know, you're getting stopped. I'm you know seeing selfies with people. How's that going for you? I don't. I wouldn't call myself a celebrity. You know, you know compared to you. Oh, it's not a competition. You won already. No competition. It's, it's great. <laughs> um, I already, listen. Slow and low, baby. You're getting. You're only making moves. Listen, is it a, a the the biggest? I think the hardest thing with that, and I, I don't know if you'll, you'll you'll agree with me now. It's like you know, you may have met ten, ten other people right before that who wanted to hear your story, and then to have that same enthusiasm like the eleventh, twelfth person. That's the hardest part, really. You know, mm. if it was a hi, how are you? That's fine, but that's where the hardest part is. But like I said, if it makes makes the kid happy, and right. perhaps I don't mind doing it at all. Well, I'm glad we're getting into the podcast in the earlier stages because right now you're so excited to share your story. So uh, uh, exactly, you know, yeah, come yeah, back, yeah. Come, like, yeah. come back in part two or three. You know, yeah, exactly. So we're getting getting it while it's fresh and hot. That's uh, someone who's about to land to go eat at Izzy's. Actually, that's right. It's flying in, helicopters landing in. This, yeah, he's not going to land. It's like hover and just like. I'm here for the pickup. I think uh, the fun, one of the funniest stories are that my friends actually, you know, some people Izzy, and to everyone else, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, surly, surly, before and uh, and we so we started going on our our snow snowboarding trips already for years already now. Yeah, that was with my old job. Which, by the way, I hear is I mean, it's, it's a very elite group of friends because they I hear they get it good, man. They you all guys yeah, and you're coming with the food and you're smoking the food meat yeah, on yeah. mountaintops like that's well, that's exclusive. Know. You could even like, dude, I'm sorry, I cut you off there, but like. You could totally like do like this really experience, man. The easy experience, like go, you know, cook for people. Have you been flown down? Oh, I, 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 or that's I, like your fun time with friends, separating yeah, business yeah, and pleasure. Yeah, yeah, you still want to maintain a quality of life, but we used to go on the trips, and and we're in like Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, little, not a great slopes over there. Yeah, great slopes there. There's people, someone who, and someone who recognized me there. You're easy. And my friends like, oh God, even in here they recognize you? <laughs> That's like the biggest joke. You can't go, man. You can't yeah. go anywhere without people uh, seeing you. Yeah. Uh, my other friend, uh, one of my other friends, uh, Yankee, um, we're flying economy on a, to, to Utah or whatever it was. Yeah. And he, you know how, how the star and the inquirer, they have you know, stars just like, like us? Yes. And he makes, you know, me and shopping bag and sunglasses, they shop just, just like us. They sit in coach just like us. <laughs> this was pretty great. Right, right, right. Yeah, you, you know, they, they travel just like us. I actually, I heard something really funny that, um, you know, Robert Simcoe Weinstein, Simcoe? Anyways, he says, Izzy's barbecue and, and restaurants are single-handedly bringing the cholesterol of everybody in this community to like a new level. Like thank you're you, just like, you. I'm honored. just stuffing the arteries. Is there an award for that? Or <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. And you bring a lot of joy. You bring a lot of joy. Sean Bias. Yeah, you bring a lot of Sean Bias, bring a lot of joy. People walk into your stores, they leave happy, they feel filled. I mean, it's, it's a real, it's a really great thing. I mean, and, and what, so moving forward now, the next like five, 10 year plan, like what, what can we see? You think you're gonna go uh, nationwide, international? Um, I think these next, you know, two years from now are gonna be really telling for me as far as what happens in the future. You know, um, the restaurant business is very hard, very time consuming. Um, so I guess in the next two years, we'll see where, obviously you want to grow and you want to do it at the same time. You're like, wait, my kids are still young. You know, you want, you want to see them grow up. You want to travel with them. You keep an open up new places. How are you going to do that? At the same time, you know, you want to provide for your family. You want to be innovative. So there's so many stuff that you battle within um, that's more than just, you know, money. And there's just so much involved. You, have to, you know, you have to consult with, with your family, you know, what your family wants as well. Mm -hmm. um, so the next two years, like, um, we'll really, you know, dictate what happens in the next 10 years. Uh, the wow. next 10 years over 40, that's scary. That's scary, man. I'm turning 30 in a few in a few weeks. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a trip, it's exciting. It's only an age, yeah. it's only a number. Yeah, just, uh, yeah just, you, know, you don't grow old because you stop playing. You stop playing and that's when you grow old. Yeah. So just keep having fun. So what's, uh, to end it off, what's a great day for Izzy? Um, I guess any time I get on before one o'clock. And? Well, any day, I, honestly, like, I'm, you know how in my old job, you know, after you know, when I had the weekend, um, actually, this is from I heard from Gary Vanderchuk recently, which I also was just thinking about it all the whole time. Gary B. And anybody who has to look forward to the weekend, you know, and, and Monday is going to hate, you know, you're doing something wrong. And I feel like for me, obviously, you know, everything has its challenges and stuff. But at the same time, I wake up in the morning, I don't dread work. I'm excited to go to work. I'm excited, you know, to see what we can do today, how we can grow. Obviously, you have challenges. Workers don't come in. You have to fire workers. You know, there's customers complain. So many factors, but I guess at the end of the day, I'm blessed to do what I do. I would never think, you know, I would be here where I am today. You know, asking five years ago, six, six years ago, and I'm just gonna keep, you know, riding that wave. Hopefully, nice man. Well, listen, much of success, success with you, and aslacha, and keep growing, man. And oh, thank man. you thank for you. the incredible service and, and food that you bring to to all of us all. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here. Come in, yo, yo, yo. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and listening to this podcast. Thank you, Izzy, for taking the time to share with us and, of course, for that delicious food uh, throughout the podcast. If you haven't yet, check out Izzy's. They are based right now in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. Fantastic, fantastic eatery. And, hey, uh, if you also haven't subscribed to this channel yet, I got to say, it may not feed your stomach, but it will feed your mind. Lot, lot, lots to share on this podcast. We already have a bunch of episodes that are live. If you haven't listened to them yet, do give it a listen. And of course, every Monday we are dropping a new episode, sharing with you insightful, fun, deep conversations with amazing people um, who are doing amazing things. So check it out. Stay tuned. And until then, as I always say, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor K. Let's say it all together. Have a great day.